0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America. It's Tony Katz today. I wanted to share with you uh, this this happening that took place on Fox because it was it was kind of tremendous to me that somebody would take this as not only a good thing but the attempt of a gotcha. I, I, it happened while I'm on air. It happened to me from this former New York State senator. Uh, I think it's David Carlucci. Uh, I, yeah, that's his name. I, 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 that's pronounced properly. I, I couldn't believe it as it was happening. I was so I was stunned that someone could be so so brash and so brazen with the idea of government control. Tony Katz. Tony Katz. Today, what's going on? Um. It was a conversation about Joe Biden and how Joe Biden is just incapable and old and doddering, and how he left uh, Vietnam and he's like, uh, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to bed." When he did that press conference and how old he looked, and Mike Emanuel was asking the the questions. Uh, very nice guy. I've never met Mike in person and And here's how it how it starts, David, what do you make of that?
1: Hey, it can happen to the best of us. any of us. Stop.
0: Stop. The Democrats still want you to believe that when Joe Biden has some kind of gaffe when he's incapable of finishing a sentence, that uh, these things just happen. Oops. It isn't a one off. It happens constantly. And consistently but senator carlucci here not only wants to dismiss it
1: he then is trying to give advice to the republicans uh, makes a slip up particularly when we're um, the focus of the media so i don't really give it um, much credence i know people are concerned about president biden's age and this has been a big debate but i think most importantly we have to look to the record to the facts and President Biden has been doing a really good job on delivering for uh, for constituents. Look at the uh, re- uh, Inflation Reduction Act that is now lowering the cost of prescription drugs for seniors, for all Americans across the country. So I th- Every
0: single time a Democrat gets on TV, they pivot to this. This started as a conversation about how old Joe Biden is. Where does Senator Carlucci try to pivot it to? Look at what he's doing for prescription drug prices. Now, I address this. I just want you to note it. We'll call it
1: foreshadowing. I want you to see it happen. I think at the end of the day, this is going to be a uh, very important, uh, important race for all of us. But I think it's a mistake to constantly focus on President Biden's age. I think it would be right for the Republicans to focus on policy and don't fall for that catnip, if you will, about the age issue. Um, Because at the end of the day, he's delivering, and if he's not able to deliver, then that's a different story.
0: Now, just a, a quick thing about the age issue. Do not forget that it was the Democratic Party that saw donald trump walking down a ramp a little gingerly and demanded that he take an acuity test to prove that he was capable of being president that happened so when a progressive says this you're not supposed to take it seriously you're supposed to be able to connect it to these points in history and then dismiss them because they're unserious everything they say is based on trying to spin for their political desires and not based on the reality that you see and this is what really gets people disgusted why aren't we honestly discussing the issue as it is why are we constantly in the spin comes to me all right tony your thoughts that dog won't hunt this isn't one thing out of out of the blue this is constant and consistent for joe biden who is old and is not capable like we see it with mitch mcconnell with his freezing episodes and it's not dehydration we're not listening to his doctor we don't believe we much more believe dr rand paul uh for for sure it's constant and consistent with joe biden and it has to be stated like with senator diane feinstein like the issues with senator john fetterman who is not okay you see the difference already. And it's not because I present it this way. It's because you do as well. We're focused on the honesty, not focused on the politics. Mitch McConnell was as much part of the conversation as Diane Feinstein as Joe Biden. As certainly Senator John Fetterman. They can't do that. If you focus on Biden's age, that's just the catnip. You're not being serious biden's too old for this job and too incapable for this job biden is too old and too incapable for this job and i'll I'll get into why oh oh don't worry i'll 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 get to it but but let it let it uh continue where where we went next hey And we should also be clear that the Inflation Reduction Act was a lie. It doesn't reduce inflation. It was a Green New Deal type bill, which even the president admits was poorly named. And only a fool like Joe Manchin would have believed the lie to vote for such a thing. So, nothing I haven't said before, nothing you haven't said before, the Inflation Reduction Act is a Green New Deal type bill, doesn't reduce inflation. I now get hit with a response And remember, we're both coming via computers and satellites, so sometimes a little bit, we're talking over each other. That's not intentional. I am now hit with a response that admittedly floored me. I couldn't believe I was hearing it. Remember, he had already brought up the foreshadowing of reducing drug prices. It was Trump who reduced the insulin prices, and then the Biden administration got rid of it so they could then do it on their own, because that's who they are. Check this out. The policy well, So idea now are that you somehow... pushing to
1: re- repeal? Do you want to repeal the Inflation Reduction Act? Because that's what I oh hear you saying. Oh my gosh, so... I,
0: want the, I, I don't want to have the spending anymore, which has led to the inflation, which means you pay more for eggs, people pay more for milk, people pay more for bread. So Never you're saying that we're paying, for paying for gas more. He's wants, He thinks that repealing the Inflation Reduction Act is 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 a bad thing, and he thinks this is a talking point. I mentioned the spending led to an increase in all these prices, which, of course, we have the data on. He's doubling down. ...to the inflation, which means you pay more for eggs, people pay more for milk, people pay more for bread. So never you're mind saying what we're paying for the Inflation
1: Reduction Act? Are we saying that we're paying more because of the Inflation Reduction Act? Is that? Every the time
0: the, the government involves and adds to spending, it creates more inflation. It's not my so fault, we shouldn't sir, spend. that you haven't read a good economics book, but I would start reading well, your we're... Hayek right away. All right, I admit that's a good dig. A Hayek reference, come on. A little... He doesn't understand that spending leads to inflation. No, wait. He doesn't
1: care that spending leads to inflation. Listen. So look at the Inflation Reduction Act. The fact that the president has now delivered on 10 drugs that we can now negotiate the price of those drugs. Drugs that Americans take uh, and more and more are taking. Let's insulin. not consider. Uh, these are some important improvements. So now you want to throw no, the baby sir, out with the bathwater? No, sir. I would. I would. I would reject fact the fact about President Biden is that he's delivering. And when you deliver, Let's not you can't just talk about his price fixing. But the fact he's actually getting results, Senator.
0: What results are you talking about? What results are you possibly talking about? You are in favor. of of price fixing. This is a Democrat engaged in Democrat talking points saying price fixing is good. Authoritarianism is good. Let's not consider the government price fixing. That's something that's good for America. The more price fixing for government, the less innovation from private industry. That's a serious so just issue. Let and if you don't dude, want to address that, you're not looking at they they the want want whole problem. Down our- now, you guys know that we've got this story on, on, on lockdown.
1: But... His response is, just let the pharmaceutical companies do what they want? So if you have to pay for insulin, you should pay whatever the pharmaceutical companies demand. If you have to pay for a blood thinner, you'll pay thousands of dollars. Final That's word. what's fleecing the American public. Tony, final word, then not I'm get around. run. With all due respect, I don't think you understand the market at all.
0: He doesn't understand the market at all. But listen to the joy. He thought this was a gotcha. That. The Democrats have explained to you now with 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 openness. I am I'm telling you, I walked away from this saying there's no way he just said that the openness of their authoritarianism. They don't like something they believe it should be capped. They don't like something they believe that you shouldn't have it. Gas stoves can't have them. Uh, this costs too much. We'll decide the right price. Why is thirty-five dollars the right price? Wouldn't the right price be two dollars and seventy-four cents? But they don't cap it at two dollars and seventy-four cents. They decided a number. They made it up, which is exactly what we shouldn't have government doing. We shouldn't have government creating numbers. We shouldn't have government capping prices. Never mind that my conversation about innovation uh, is is of course factual. Because if we're going to talk about fleecing the American people, if we're going to talk about this idea of the uh, too much profit, well, then I want to talk about the lawyers. I believe a lawyer in the United States of America should not be allowed to charge more than $52 an hour. Hold on, hold on. Uh, I'm, this, this just in from the lawyers. Ah! Why should a lawyer be allowed to charge 52, uh, $520 an hour? Why should they be able to charge $480 an hour? Why should they be able to charge so much money? I want the lawyers to be capped at $52 an hour. All right, all right, all right. McConaughey's behind me, probably with a margarita. But no one ever talks about capping the lawyers. But those evil, despicable drug companies that keep you alive, they have to be capped. So they're not authoritarians, they're selective authoritarians. Which is even more dangerous. Authoritarians who don't take care of you across the board, they take care of you piecemeal. That's that's a that's a really ugly scene. Oh, these people, they charge too much. But these people are our friends, so therefore, they don't get bothered. F these people. And these people mean us. This was an open argument for price fixing. An open argument for an authoritarian regime. That's... That is insane. That is out of control. I could not believe my ears now the fact that i was the guy on tv when it happened all right i'm sharing with you but i don't know if i've heard that before price fixing as a good thing price fixing as a desire as a want as a need as something we should attain we we should strive for something worthy of our attainment very often you'll see things happen and you're like my gosh these people are brash How in the world are they so brash? For what reason are they so brash? Um, I think it's because they think they can get away with it. This is a great example of exactly how much the progressivism has taken hold in the United States. How the domination of the political left in academia and in culture has emboldened people like Senator Carlucci here to be proud of himself thinking that he got a gotcha moment. We have, we have bigger problems than we know. Never mind how wrong he is. The bravado in which he said it proves that there is an audience out there that's already saying it. He didn't think of this himself. That much I can guarantee you. This was frightening to hear. I was gobsmacked. But it ain't gonna be the last we hear from it. Just one more thing to fight, kids. I will get into the story about Joe Biden. Um, God, is he disgusting. I'll share that next. I'm Tony Katz. Many people were bothered that Joe Biden was not in New York or Washington, D.C. on September 11th. I was not one of those people. It's not like he wasn't commemorating September 11th at all. It's that he was in Alaska. He didn't have to be in Alaska because he didn't have to be in Vietnam. And one can clearly make the statement that the the planning issue here it comes into play. Uh, just like um and, and uh I'll share with you my conversation with Congressman Greg Pence of Indiana. Um the idea that we would Give six billion dollars to Iran as part of a prisoner swap, and announce it on September 11th is 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 insane, is insane. But there is Joe Biden in Alaska talking about September 11th in a commentary that is so absolutely disgusting that it's hard to rationalize. I'm going to play it for you. I've got the clip. Listen
2: to renew our sacred vow never forget never forget we never forget each of us each of those precious lives stolen too soon when evil attacked Ground zero, in new york and i remember standing there the next day and looking at the building i felt like i was looking through the gates of hell it looked so devastating because the way you could, the way from where you could stand.
0: Now, the White House explanation for this is not enough. Joe Biden was not at ground zero the next day. Joe Biden, based on his own memoir and based on video footage, was in the Senate the next day where the Senate convened to condemn the attack. And, of course, as a way of kind of showing the strength and the resolve of the United States, it was the right thing to do. Here we are. We keep on ticking. Our government keeps on going. Our people keep on moving. You can't stop us. It was the right move uh, for, for clarity. No one said, oh, my gosh, we have to take a day off. No one said, oh, my gosh, you can't show up uh, at the Capitol. You don't know what's going to happen. No one said, let's build a barrier around the Capitol. They said, let's get to work. It was a different time. Joe Biden was not at ground zero on September 11th. He was there as part of a Senate delegation on September 20th. Yet his commentary, being there the next day, is just part and parcel of a long series of statements by Joe Biden where he tries to act tougher than he is in something that I refer to as a version of stolen valor. My son died in war, he tells Gold Star families, except Bo Biden didn't die in war. He died of brain cancer well after his time uh, in serving in the Gulf. He didn't die on the battlefield The 13 Americans that you had killed, Mr. President, died on the battlefield in Afghanistan because of your disgusting, despicable, horrific withdrawal. Yet you want to make it about you. The people of Lahaina lose everything and there's children missing everywhere from these wildfires. Well, I once uh, roasted a marshmallow in my kitchen. Ooh, it got a little crazy. Let me show you what a tough guy I am and tell you about Corn Pop. He was a bad dude. Let me tell you about this, this uh, prosecutor. You're a fire the prosecutor there in Ukraine. You're not getting the billion dollars. Well, son of a bitch, he got fired. Everything about Joe Biden, go back to how he abused Clarence Thomas. Everything about Joe Biden is him showing what a tough guy he is. He is a disgusting, despicable jerk of a man. He always has been. And while he does have the ability to do that kind of grandfatherly thing, let me tell you, you don't want a hug from him because you're going to get sniffed. Lord only knows what else. Every time he talks, he was the toughest guy in the room. He was right there. He's looked into Putin's soul or whatever it is. Stolen valor is the best way I can describe how disgusting of a man he is. To lie about when you were there. Well, he's old. He doesn't remember. Oh, I'm not saying no, but it is part of a pattern. Everything embellishes so he's somehow stronger and tougher. It was like looking through the gates of hell. It's about you. It's about you everything everything like somehow you're stronger, you're tougher, you can handle more you see what the other person doesn't see you're not a storyteller, you're a liar and a fraud and you don't care whose grave you stand on I admit to you I am disgusted I'm not much of a yeller, I'm not much of a screamer I've just had it with this disgusting guy he's disgusting it is enough Good Lord, this election cannot come fast enough. I should mention that I think this is the thing that's going to make Democrats replace him on the ticket. Yeah, I, I agree. I've said I think it's too late. But maybe not. We'll talk about it. This is Tony Katz today. There's been a lot of movement and a lot of action from the Biden administration, but maybe nothing more frustrating to me and possibly to you uh, than this six billion dollars that will now be unfrozen and given to Iran as part of a prisoner swap. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Tony Katz today. Understand this is not about the United States writing a check. That's not what the $6 billion is. This is $6 billion that has been frozen because of economic sanctions. And one of the people engaged in freezing that money, Congressman Greg Pence of the 6th District of Indiana, he joins me uh, right now. Um, Prisoner swaps happen, sir. We know that they happen. Most recently, it was Brittany Griner uh, in, in, in Russia. There is a reason for these things to happen. They don't always happen with a pallet full of cash. We saw that from the Obama administration. We're now seeing $6 billion being unfrozen, uh, and these sanctions have had uh, tremendous effect in trying to crush the Iranian regime, the mullahs, the hardliners, the clerics, the Ayatollah. You, when did you find out that this deal was taking place? Were you consulted on it at all, and what is your take?
2: Yeah, no, I wasn't consulted on it, uh, Tony. You know, and I find out on September 11th, right? And let me tell you my background on this. So in 1983, I was in Beirut, Lebanon, when they bombed the barracks. I had left a couple of days before that. So when I got to Congress, one of the first things I did was fight for and against Hezbollah and Iran on behalf of the families uh, of the 283 soldiers, Marines, and sailors that had lost their life. And in 2019, I got a bill passed, the URA bill, uh, that was part of the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, that froze the $1.6 billion in European banks that uh, was uh, in, in the name of the Iranian government, and we froze that for compensation to the families that had lost their sons and daughters and and relatives in uh, uh, 1983. And I'm absolutely shocked and disgusted. I'm sure that this $1.6 billion uh, is part of the $6 billion in the exchange for prisoner swaps. And no, I had no idea about that. And I I guess we're just rewarding Iran Uh, given time. And we're rewarding Hezbollah uh, uh, after enough time has passed that they can get what they stole and uh, compensation for who they killed. I'm blown away by this.
0: Now, it was the Obama administration that worked overtime to try and create some kind of relationship with Iran, the Iran nuclear deal, uh, amongst other things, which, of course, did not stop Iran from getting any type of nuclear uh, weapon, and it was right, I believe, under President Trump to pull out of, of that. What is it about this Obama-Biden thought process mentality? Is it a Democrat mentality, as you talk to Democrats their uh, colleagues in the House, that somehow you think that Iran should be the one that we bring to the table? Iran is the one we should make nice with. what, what is, is Is that the prevailing thought in this administration and amongst Democrats?
2: No, I don't. Tony, I don't think the first part of your question was, do I think it's a Democratic agenda? No. Uh, In the House, when we passed this bill, the URA bill in 2019, I had every single Marine Republican Democrat uh, and it got uh, overwhelmingly, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was 400, I believe, people uh, uh, voted in favor of this bill to sanction Iran. I think it It's people in D.C. You know, we know Kerry has some family relationships with Iran. Uh, There's some undercurrent, you can call it part of the swamp, that has some desire to enhance and expand our relationship with an absolute sworn enemy, as President Bush said years ago, of our country. And all they care about is killing us and killing Israel.
0: Talking to Congressman Greg Pence. Of the Indiana Sixth District, um, people certainly the six billion has got them beyond uh, outraged. Uh, whether you know you're talking about uh, fellow members uh, of Congress, talking about on the on the presidential uh, scene, former President uh, Trump, uh, uh, of course, raging about this. I'm assuming we're going to hear a lot of other people do so. They're going, people are going to respond by saying, sir, it's five American lives. What does what $6 billion matter? It's their money anyway. It's five American lives. How can we not do this? How do you respond to that?
2: Tony, 283 uh, fellow service people died. Uh, they gave their life for this country, and nobody get, nobody's been punished for it. Iran hasn't been punished for it. I understand the five uh, U.S. citizens. But why did it have to be $6 billion? Is that, is that what it's going to take? And basically give them all their money back that we froze overseas? This is absolutely ridiculous. And the day that we did it is disgusting. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree to that? Certainly your listeners are, have to be disgusted that we all found out and it happened on 9-11, right? Right.
0: Uh, you, you, the, the timing of this administration Is peculiar and strange And their, their lack of recognition Of a moment is a moment And not to be distracted from uh, Seems to be in question constantly You're not going to get me to disagree with that Let me uh, now move uh, the topic Just a, a little bit off of Iran And on to China This was President Biden Speaking in Vietnam so really what this trip is about
1: about China. I, 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 don't China. I just want to make sure we have a with China that is up and up,
0: away. Knows what all That's President Biden saying that he wants a relationship with China. He doesn't want to contain China. The, the wording is very, very odd because you can argue that this is just a president making sure uh, he doesn't uh, inflame what is already a... Uh, uh, a fraught situation the other way to say it as as uh former secretary of state mike pompeo put it this is incredible naivete from the president of course you need to contain uh, china uh there was a piece of polling out that showed that 57 percent of americans this was cbs news i think that put this out said that biden should be tougher on China, what is in your view, sir, the, the Biden administration stance on China? and how in your view should it change?
2: Well, the, the reality is that we're currently still very dependent upon China uh, in the manufacturing sector and even even really the ag sector for sales in that, that area. So we want to maintain, a working relationship with them, but we wanna hold them accountable for the for the theft of intellectual property, uh, for what they're doing across the world, trying to usurp, undercut uh, our business with other countries. Uh, I think we need to be tough, but uh, I would almost, uh, I, I don't think what the president did was that extreme or that wrong, to be honest with you, Tony. we. Uh, you know, if you sat in Washington D.C. and I'm headed there right now, I've got a lot of companies right in Indiana uh, that don't want us to sever ties immediately. we want we want to reshore uh, from China, uh, and we we need to buy time to get that done profitably uh, and in the best interest of our country. So I'm I'm a little bit. Got got a foot on both sides of the line there.
0: Well, so so you don't think that the the commentary was the worst commentary in the world? That's different than whether or not uh, China is a threat. If you're talking about reshoring, you see uh, manufacturing in China as a threat uh, to the United States, correct?
2: It is. It, it uh, well, it has been. Absolutely has been. They they have subsidized companies to undercut and. Steel business from our own joint ventures with some companies, even in Indiana, had joint ventures, and they would uh, start manufacturing the same product and steel, steel from uh, our own companies. Uh, and the only solution is bring back as much as we can, but you just can't turn it off today. This week we have a supply hearing in on my Energy and Commerce Committee, and we're we're talking about the continued disrupt in the su- disruption in the supply chain, Tony. You know, we understood why COVID disrupted, but why is it still occurring? And all of this disruption is whatever's going on in China, and we know that their economy is not doing well. Uh, so, so we've got to be, timing is a manageable variable, and we've got to be careful when we, when we cut ties in certain areas with China. And it is an economic war. We know that. That's a fact.
0: And and, and and I agree, but it's it's interesting to hear you talk about reshoring because I, I like I like certainly the concept. It's something I've discussed on the shows now uh, for a few years. Talking to Greg Pence, Congressman from the Sixth District of Indiana, is is reshoring something that happens from a a gentle prodding, or is this a governmental? Action, not one of force, but rather one of incentivizing. Is is this where Republicans are? Are, are Democrats with you on this? Do they have a different idea? It does Does Congress believe that they have the role to play in returning manufacturing to the U.S. or at least getting it out of China to further cripple them economically? Short
2: answer: Yes. In Infl- fact, the Inflation Reduction Act was uh, targeted for some of that. The CHIPS Act certainly is, is an attempt to bring chips back here to the United States, the manufacturing here. Uh, do I think that Congress has a place in incentivizing? Yes, I do, not penalizing, but incentivizing because we just need to do that. Uh, and the good thing is, I will tell you, every manufacturer that works, that has international operations would like to reshore, Tony, because of the supply chain disruption. So it's, it's the, the economics of going overseas with the cheap labor, which isn't quite what it used to be, has now been offset by the reliability of the pieces and the parts. You know, if we're gonna electrify more and more things here in the United States, we gotta stop buying our transformers from China. And there's a huge shortage in that. So when I say we need to manufacture things right back here in Indiana and all these ghost towns, this is literally why I went to Congress. I I drove around southern Indiana. I grew up there. I worked there. And and you just watched these towns deteriorate as manufacturing moved out. And I know that lots of folks would like to move back as we address the labor, education, and skill level here in Indiana.
0: Congressman Greg Pence of the Indiana 6th District. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Find out more at pence.house.gov. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today. So this was pretty stupid at DraftKings. And, And I say this with full disclosure. DraftKings is a sponsor of mine on my morning show. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. I should also say, full disclosure, I'm keeping them uh, as a sponsor. I'm I'm not dropping them. A mistake was made. They corrected the mistake. And the mistake comes from, I, I very often believe that things are not always malicious. It just comes from thinking with inside a bubble as opposed to opening yourself up. And somewhere, someone along the line didn't say, "Wait a second, maybe we should rethink that." Here's the story: DraftKings had a promotion, and the promotion was a, a, a parlay. Right, you you pick uh, is it three games or three specific actions to happen. They all three, you parlay it, you you win, you win big. And so the 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 parlay required three New York-based teams, the Yankees, the Mets, and the Jets, to win their games on Monday, which, of course, Monday was the 22nd anniversary of September 11th. The promotion was titled, Never Forget. Now, I can hear you groaning in your car. I don't think you're wrong, but that's exactly it. Wait, hold on. Somebody just yells, are you out of your mind? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's exactly it. That's exactly it. Somewhere they thought, "Hey, you know, it, it's it's September 11th. Let let's focus on being supportive of New York. We'll make it about New York." Somewhere in their head. They said to themselves, "This is a nice thing to do. This is this is uh being a part of the moment, connected to the moment as opposed to not even connecting with the moment at all." There are times where the better answer is, don't connect with the moment. You're a betting app. People are going to bet. You can have a moment. We remember September 11th. We hope you do too. Just put that on there, right there on the app. Boom. Oh, okay. September 11th. Good on them. And that's it. Leave it. Connecting it to the promotion is, of course, an awkward and odd thing to do. And I argue something that should have been caught. They put out on um, uh, a a statement, we sincerely apologize because people on social media were like, what the hell are you doing? They wrote, quote, we sincerely apologize for the featured parlay that was shared briefly in commemoration of September 11th. We respect the significance of this data for our country and especially for the families of those who were directly affected. Right? So you've got... um, uh, Brett Eagleson his father was killed in the World Trade Center referring to it as tone deaf it is shameful to use the national tragedy of September 11th to promote a business we need accountability justice and closure not self-interest and shameless promotion i'm never going to tell somebody who lost uh, their their father on September 11th how they're supposed to feel but i would state quite clearly that a mistake is a mistake and grace is grace and it might be better off for all of us. To to have said, hey, DraftKings, what are you doing? Nothing wrong with that. To have said, uh, DraftKings, are you out of your mind? Nothing wrong with that. The beating of the horse, uh, I'm not down with. When I see somebody like, oh, what was the name of that Eagles wide receiver? He had shared the fake Hitler quote. He's talking about Louis Farrakhan. You know what I said? Don't cancel him. Just tell him he's wrong. That's all it takes sometimes. I don't need DraftKings canceled. And no, it's not because they're a sponsor of mine. It's because this fundamentally was a mistake. It was a, that, it's amazing that someone thought that this was a good idea. Just absolutely amazing that someone thought this was a good idea. But you didn't have anybody like a vice president of marketing saying, well, you see the problem with our with our customers is that they don't know uh, that right from wrong and, and they don't know how to how to utilize a day like this, right? It wasn't the, the, the chick from Bud Light attacking people who drink Bud Light. It was a bad idea. And America said, it's a bad idea. And they said, holy crap, this is a bad idea. They listened to their customers, they apologized and they were done. Honestly, That that's sometimes all you can get. That's sometimes all you can get. Glad that that's over. They are a sponsor. They will continue uh, to be, at least from my end. Want to make sure I'm full disclosure all the way. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today.